The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and thanks for listening. Here on the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that the healthcare experience has to change, and we're trying to do something about it. If you want to help healthcare be more about consumers and innovation, this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement. I tell you this every week, and I mean it. You're going to be one of the ones leading meaningful change. Each week, we speak with leaders who are part of the digital transformation movement. We share tips on shifting the way that healthcare is experienced digitally and the backstage strategies for marketing, operations, and digital teams to stay ahead of the curve. This is episode number 144. We're now in season five, which is our quest to answer the question of whether it's even possible to provide the healthcare experience the consumers desire. It's time to get fired up about this. And as we do, I want to give a shout out to the crew at Jennings Healthcare Marketing and their video series on the Shift.Health content network called Marketing for Better Health. It's a greatest hits collection of videos by Dan Dunlop from his blog that provide tips for post-pandemic planning, addressing consumer fears, using effective content marketing to improve community health, and so much more. The first two seasons are available on demand at Shift.Health, so be sure to go check that out. This series is called Marketing for Better Health. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about becoming media organizations. Of all the ways to transform your business this year and ultimately make people healthier, why should we think like a media company? I'll talk about that. Then Zane and I are going to dive into the question of who owns the digital health experience. We'll talk about having a garage full of Ferraris. We'll talk about why everyone needs a better understanding of their MarTech suite. And we'll lean into how different generations of leadership approach healthcare very differently. Then we have the 411 from Carrie Lichen on what she hearing out there in the industry. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. Do you see your organization as a media company? If not, this is probably the time to start. Let's revisit the idea of building up our owned media properties. Gary Vee has talked about this frequently, and recently he said it this way. The more you can act like a media company and less like an advertiser, you'll always win. Because no one wants ads. People want content. And the truth is we don't care where the content comes from. Whether it's a network or a producer or an individual or a company, as long as it's free. The problem is 99% of companies want them to be commercials, not content. So to my marketing friends, what if you stopped thinking about what media outlets to buy advertising in? To my PR friends, what if you stopped thinking about what media outlets to get your stories placed in? And to everyone, what if you started thinking about how you can build up a media property of your own and be the ultimate trusted source for your audience? When all your creative storytelling and messaging gets consumed elsewhere, you're giving away your most precious value, 
namely your content, and failing to build your most precious asset, namely your audience. This most certainly applies in healthcare just as much, if not more, than other industries. Think about it. What's the content that you're sharing? Hospitals, health plans, health tech companies, whatever role your organization plays here, you have information that can make people healthier. Everyone wants that. And if you do it by providing a trusted perspective on a regular basis in the formats and channels where people will consume it, you can replace a lot of the dead-end, me-too, repetitive crap that passes as marketing these days. I'm not saying everyone does it well. Not all content is the same. Format matters. Having influencers involved matters. If you believe in your content, create it in formats that your audience will consume, namely more audio and video, and build it up in a place where your audience will consume it, namely your own media property. It's easy to point to examples of those who don't produce media content well and use it as an excuse to keep the status quo. But of all the ways to transform your business this year and ultimately make people healthier, I can't think of a better way than by thinking like a media company first. Get used to hearing about this from me because it will never die as long as human beings are watching and listening to stuff on the internet. And that stuff might as well be yours. And that's the flavor of the Week. All right, I'm here with Zane again, my new co-host, Zane Ismail. Hey, uh, man, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, it feels like forever. I know. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's it's just, I don't think it stops at 2020, the fact that still every, every day feels like a week and every week feels like a, a month, a year. I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take before we start stop feeling that way, but it still feels that way. Oh, I hear you. I, you know, on whether it's Instagram or Facebook, you have those memories. And so I look back to earlier this year and I keep reflecting on how some of those things feel like it was just yesterday, but some of them feel like it was five years ago. And so I've lost complete sense of time through these um, this pandemic era. <laughs> Yes, it's insane. So tell you what, let's start off with some awesome. What's the latest awesome thing you've heard about? The coolest thing that I've been trying to get more education on plugged into is the Banking for All Act, which got tabled in Congress back in March. And so what that is, is basically a piece of legislation. And I'm not a a politician, so pardon me if I'm butchering the terms, but more or less calls for the issuance of digital wallets to all Americans and companies headquartered here in the United States. And will that will essentially allow the government to do is provide direct stimulus to the population and to companies. So to me, when I think about like what might be the biggest innovation, you know, that was a product of COVID-19, a lot of people say telemedicine. I don't think so. That's commodity and it was already there, but this could be it if it comes to pass. And so basically what the piece of legislation calls for is banks and the post office to issue citizens a digital wallet that will then allow the government to put, you know, some form of digital currency into those as a way to stimulate the economy and, you know, protect vulnerable communities from economic shocks. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, likewise, it's going to be, it could be a big piece of any type of progress that happens from here on out. I think we underestimate how important anything to do with payment is part of the healthcare experience. So, yep. and some big questions I would have is, you know, if the healthcare leader is, you know, will this currency be allowed to be spent on healthcare services? If so, what is the infrastructure that we need to procure to collect it or capture it? And not to mention just, you know, income as a driver of health. So when you think about social determinants of health, it's, it's cool to see that this might be possible. Yeah, that's so true. We'll have plenty of times to, I think that's just going to be a part of our conversation ongoing is recognizing, I mean, that leads me to think about 
healthcare disparities that are always going to be present unless we do something about it. So, so there we go. So Zane, today we're going to talk about who owns the digital experience in healthcare. And again, this is part of our quest that we are going on this season of, is it even possible to provide the healthcare experience that consumers demand? And I remember when we even talked last time about why now is the time to go on this quest, you gave a couple of really insightful answers. And I think you even had a further thought on that. The more we talked about it after that, another reason why now is the right time to go on this quest. Do you want to go into that? Yeah. So last time we talked, we the answer we said was no, that we couldn't provide necessarily a patient experience currently. And the reasons why were around culture, so the culture of you know incumbent healthcare organizations and then their organizational structure uh, made it difficult. And then we also talked about you know why things are changing. So we said it was technology, obviously lots of great technology coming out. We had some economic things going on where we know governments are going to need new ways that are much, much cheaper to deliver care. And the third, which you know we talked about after, I think, and it's going to be very significant, is sort of this generational change that's occurring in leadership of health organizations. And so I'm talking about the millennials who now are starting to get into actual leadership roles where they you know, have decision-making authority. And then the generation to watch would be Generation Z who are coming up right behind them. And I have found that these, and I'm a millennial, full disclosure, but I have found that these generations are much more altruistic than the generations that have come before them and won't stand for the inequity and the inefficiency and basically the brokenness of our current system. And so I'm excited to see what's going to happen when those folks start to take the reins and see what they do. And so those three things, technology, economics, and the generational change, I think are going to have a huge impact and make make the environment now ripe for change. I love that. And I'm going to agree. I mean, it's not stereotyping. It's just a fact, you know, each generation does think a little differently. Sometimes uh, widespread change in a different way. So... I'm glad we brought that part into the conversation here. So let's see. I'll attempt to do something here in kind of a a new format of how we address the topic of the day, uh, with the topic again being who owns the digital healthcare experience. Let me see if I can describe what the status quo there is and then what's keeping it from changing. And then I'd love to hear what you think about this. I think the status quo is that you had a, a marketing slash communications team that got tasked with the website years or even a decade ago or even more. And then they got tasked with social media and other kind of digital channel communications management. And they either brought vendors along the way, but then as other tech came on board that led to other ways to communicate with the patient or to outreach, to do outbound marketing. So a CRM system or a marketing automation platform, a a consumer data platform, all sorts of data is flowing in the back and you've uh, you've had a lot of traditional Marcom folks who were used to, like their world was publishing, mm-hmm. like print publishing. And then it became some kind of multidimensional print and digital publishing, but that was still the game. Hey, what's in flight from a creative aspect? This is a project management shop, basically. We are just getting this thing done and, and it's getting printed, it's getting published. And that's who I think... Th- in the majority of healthcare organizations, that's who has been tasked with, okay, now there's this really intricate 
there's so much more data behind the scenes that even anyone realizes what they can do with to start personalizing campaigns and not just for your majors, you know, for your bariatrics, for orthopedics, for the, the centers of excellence in most institutions. You have desired for, there's always somebody who's gone to a conference, someone in leadership who has said, okay, hey, now let's go do that thing. Hey, why aren't we on TikTok? Hey, why aren't we doing this other thing? Then you have IT coming in and saying, wait, 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 like we can't do that. I remember becoming the first children's hospital to periscope a live surgery. And we did this back in 2016. And somehow getting that by the CEO and legal and IT. And they're all like, wait, what are you doing? I'm like, no, I'm bringing like, you guys haven't even approved us buying an iPad. So I'm going to bring my iPad from home and we are bringing that into the OR and we're recording this and it's going live. And that process taught me a lot about like who owns what, because it wouldn't have come out of anywhere. Marketing wouldn't have had the idea. IT certainly wouldn't have had the idea. So that leads me to think, more and more of the healthcare consumer experience, not necessarily just when we're being treated in a health, in a clinic, in a hospital, not just that part of it, but the overall consumer experience. There's all this data that that we can use to have some additional touch points with. We can send out reminders about a certain type of care, something that, that you may be predisposed for, but it all has to be done in the right way. Like these are the types of questions and things that, are, that digital teams are dealing with. But I have not seen a consensus of who owns that, of who says, okay, let me act like the patient. And okay, you first you're throwing this thing in front of me, asking me to sign up for this thing or to fill out this form. And even just for, you mentioned telehealth, actually, that's a great experience or a great example. What Mm. if I just take a telehealth example? So with everyone standing these things up in a matter of weeks in 2020, the majority of health systems either ratcheted it up or, or had to, you know, open it up or started from scratch. And the, the experience is so clunky. I mean, it is, and no one owns it. Everyone's just like, Hey, no, we turned the thing on. It works docs now it's your it's your job to actually do the the visits the virtual visits and i'm just finding this if we don't even figure out who owns that experience it's going to be a mess so zane what, what do you think so traditionally at least you know what i've seen both in canada and the united states it's always been a clunky blend between you know the marketing or communications team like you said who sometimes within their division have titled roles around the patient experience and we can get into that someday and then Usually, sometimes there's some sort of strategy team that's involved as well. And then obviously IT for things that are very digital. And those three groups are very different, have very different understandings, see from very different ways. And then usually sometimes operations is forgotten or they're just included in a ad hoc sort of way and sort of things fall very clunky. And so currently, I would say in most systems that I'm aware of, again, both in Canada and the United States, there's not really consensus around this. And you know, that's why you have the issues that you have. However, I have seen a few bright spots, you know, popping up on social media and LinkedIn. There's a number of health systems. One of them is actually Ascension, a large national system here in the United States, obviously, who is putting together a service design team. And in my mind, those are the people that really own this. And so if you're not aware, what service designers really do is, you know, they're designers fundamentally, and they really get at, call it the emotion and the fundamental needs of, you know, whatever patient journey they're trying to get at and map out the what the entire process should look like, not just from like technical steps, but from the 
call it the emotional needs and the unexpressed needs that patients and health plan members and whoever it might be also have. And so I'm looking to those guys and, and the organizations that are starting to set up those teams to really start to take the lead on this. And I think what a lot of organizations miss is really just, you know, if you think of three concentric circles, which is sort of the, you know, the fundamentals of good design. So desirability, you know, do patients or do our customers actually want this feasibility, which is around, you know, technology wise, can what we're trying to do actually be done from a technical perspective? And the third is viability is from a strategic and finance perspective. Does this make good business sense? And when those three come together at the middle is really good design. And that's that's what I'm looking to these service design teams, VPs of design to bring to the table and help keep those three buckets together so that we're actually producing services and products that people want. And then it also makes sense on the economic side so that the service is sustainable. If I'm following this correctly, could it, I'm looking for the opportunities to innovate you know, who even owns this. And what I'm hearing is in those who are coming from a different starting point, the starting yes. point of not here are the platforms we already have. What can these platforms do? You know, how do we manage these things to try to connect them together? Maybe the starting point is actually that intersection that you're talking about with those three concentric circles. That is starting from a point of, of a customer. That's right. A consumer versus what have we already got? And I imagine that's going to take a team to a very different place and ask different questions along the way. Yep. And it's very difficult to do because it's an, it's, and that's an exercise that requires teams to be very humble because you need to work with your customers and tease out what is it that they actually want. And, you know, there are frameworks to use like jobs to be done and so on and so forth. And as you know, to our last discussion in our last podcast, we talked about sort of the culture that comes around in healthcare that can be very paternalistic, where we like to dictate what should be, where these processes are all about gleaning insights and building on the insights. And so that alone makes us very hard. And then I've also found it can be very difficult for medical people and people who are raised and schooled in sort of the traditional healthcare mindset and world to think about things in terms of capabilities and what could be as opposed to finding ways to repurpose what we already have. And so it can be very difficult to lead those very strategic and sort of call it like visioning discussions that ultimately will get us to where we need to go. I'm curious, we may not ever be able to get the answer to this about, you know, what happened behind the scenes at at somewhere like Ascension that Mm -hmm. led them to say, this could be our solution, creating a design team versus let's just invest more, let's just toss more money at the web platform or Mm -hmm. at our CRM, or let's just get another platform. I'm seeing from a MarTech standpoint, so those who are responsible for all the those platforms that when they start doing an audit of all the platforms that they've got just to do what we consider kind of fundamental marketing functions now outreach and replying and engagement and acquisition that there's a ton of overlap we've gone so far so fast with so many different types of of tech that we didn't even realize that, you know, we've got a garage full of Ferraris and we don't even know which one to drive. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't say the tech isn't good. It just means I don't think the talent has followed the tech as quickly. And then leadership gets frustrated because, wait, how, how do I even know who to put in charge of something? Why haven't you figured out how to drive this Ferrari? And it's like, yeah, well, you know, we've never had one in the garage until now. And, and you know, big challenge I see is, 
you know, leaders who you know, are in charge of these things aren't necessarily tech or digital native themselves. And so to your point, they don't even know what they have in the garage or what's even possible. And that becomes a challenge when we're trying to think through, you know, if, you know, a future service design, because we don't even, a lot of us don't even understand what capabilities we could bring to the table. It makes it very difficult when you're trying to innovate with people who might have a 20 year old mentality or 20 past years ago and don't fully understand what's possible now with advents in, you know, MarTech technology and then also, you know, digital health and things like that. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to try to leave it with a call to action every time here in terms of what's a tactical step that leaders can take in, in the right direction here. I'll throw out a thought here and then Zane, I'd love to hear what you think about this. I think one tactical step can be a better understanding from leadership about what everyone says they're responsible for now. It's, it's, it's a responsibilities audit, I guess, is the best way to say it. There, you're going to uncover a lot of overlap you're gonna you're gonna uncover a lot of people saying yeah I'm, I'm over this and like this is my thing people you're gonna hear things like I'm responsible for the website for social media for our CRM campaigns and you're not going to hear as many people saying I'm responsible here here's the results that we're looking for I'm responsible for helping patients understand the treatment they're gonna get I'm here to communicate and, and let patients know that things are going to be okay. I'm here to encourage them. If you start with, hey, asking people, what are you responsible for? And start training them to think about it in terms of like, what's the result here? Instead of I manage a platform, then I think that's a a step in the right direction. I agree. I see that all the time where, especially working on projects that are across a health system, you know, all the different departments bring, here's my piece. And it's almost like a puzzle. And then when you try to glue it together, it's it's a puzzle that doesn't work. And so there's not a whole lot of people that are working, okay, I don't just need your piece. I need sort of your expertise for us to get together towards a common outcome or a common vision. And so I agree with that. And I guess my answer, just to get super tactical, one hack that I do just to stay in the know is I actually say yes to a lot of vendor calls. I'm very clear with some of these people that don't know that we're actually interested in your product and don't know that I'm even the decision maker, but what a, but if they still agree to want to talk to me, I'll talk to them for you know 20 or 30 minutes just to learn and to stay up to date with what their technology is. And I find through that, it's just a great way to keep abreast of what's even out there. And a lot of these guys would love to, love to spend time with you telling you all about their technology and what's new and who their competitors are. And it's just great, great scanning, environmental scanning. And so I say yes to a few of those calls every week. That was a great hack. I can imagine you're going to uh, have a better understanding of what's possible. And if you're the one to say, hey, now at least know what pieces need to fit into that puzzle, because I've talked with somebody who, who is you know, the, the top of their game with this piece, because you've taken those calls. And that's a fantastic idea. My name is Carrie Lykin, and I'm the head of industry for healthcare at Yext. Here's what I've heard. We've heard three disparate things in healthcare over the last couple of months. And while COVID cases are rising right now, it feels as though healthcare organizations are still a little bit more on track and on path now than they were when the pandemic hit 
in the spring. But the pandemic has definitely had a big impact on healthcare organizations and most especially on marketing because of challenges with patient acquisition. So I've heard three distinct things that I think the pandemic has had a direct hand in. The first one is that COVID is wreaking havoc on healthcare finances. During recessions and downturns, healthcare is usually the one industry that can withstand economic changes. But COVID is literally a healthcare issue. And now we're seeing and hearing that there are these big fears that lie ahead for organizations in 2021. The CARES Act helped organizations stay afloat and at least break even this year. But if there's no second stimulus to account for all of the pausing and elective procedures taking place right now and possibly in the next few weeks, a lot of organizations are facing uncertainties with respect to their finances in the new year. I've heard this from a number of CMOs, and it's going to be a sobering reality to think about what this means for not only the marketing departments within organizations, but also the decisions organizations will be making about technologies they will acquire and strategies to acquire patients when this can safely be done once again. My tip about this You want to build a baseline of virtual care opportunities with digital resources that can make healthcare easy for consumers and make sure that this is your foundation of ensuring that you are driving patient interaction and patient appointments. And then focus on where your commercially insured patient population is when you can bring people back for elective procedures. We know that the commercially insured patient is two and a half times more likely to be online. So if you're not thinking about a digital strategy or a strategy to get people to you and back to your website or at least appointment schedule in any way, shape or form digitally, you really want to focus on that because you need to get those patients to pay for a lot of the downfalls that you may be encountering in the next couple of months. So the second thing we've been hearing is that the pandemic has pushed healthcare organizations to the brink and helped them realize that their concept of digital transformation was really not much of a transformation pre-pandemic. It was just a lot of talk. And in these quieter periods of the summer that many of the organizations have had, I heard from a number of marketing teams that their executives had been asking for a digital POV or a digital point of view. Organizations had realized that the only way healthcare was going to succeed throughout 2020 was via digital methods. And these healthcare executives finally were making room for real digital transformation rather than an all-talk committee-based transformation. So maybe digital is actually going to have its day. So my tip on this one is think about it from a marketing perspective and appoint someone on your team to be the digital guru. And then look outside of healthcare for inspiration on how to have a digital point of view. Tap your partners, tap Yext, tap others uh, who are forward thinking about what is going on in the industry and in technology to help you build a digital point of view. And then once you have that point of view, work with your executives and work with your teams to build a strategy and then understand which technologies fit into your strategy. A lot of organizations I'm seeing, they're trying to pick technologies without a strategy. So flip it and actually build a strategy based on a digital point of view and then pick technologies that fit into that strategy. Finally, we're hearing about Pfizer and Moderna and other vaccines all the time now. It's a hot topic. Organizations are coming up with their communication plans 
about how to convey information to the public about the vaccine. We all knew this was coming, so organizations are now preparing for questions that consumers are asking about the vaccine and what to do about it. So my tip here is to make sure you're answering these questions on your website. As 84% of people trust healthcare organizations and nurses and doctors over the news and politicians and other info sources. So people will be coming to you. So you want to make information easily discoverable in FAQ format and don't list all of the FAQs on one scrolling long page on your site because it's a lot more difficult to find all of this information. Make your search function actually answer the question very easily and give people exactly what they want. And that is what I've been hearing. A lot of people, as you know, like, and sometimes we can get overwhelmed with vendor calls, like, how did you get my email? But if you flip it and turn it into, because they're trying to prospect you, but if you flip it and turn it to, like, how do we get as much knowledge out of them? Um, it can become a, a great use of your time. And, you know, they're always, like I said, very abrasive who their competitors are. And before you know it, they can give you a pretty quick landscape on what's going on and stitch that together with some other calls. And before you know it, you have a really great understanding of where that market is going. Fantastic. Great way for us to wrap up this time, Zane. Uh, always good. I love this thought. I, I love this quest we're on. We're going to gain some insights every time in terms of answering the question of whether it's even possible to provide the, the patient experience that consumers demand. Thanks again. Talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Holy cow. Thanks again to Zane and thank you for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, please, this is so important. Please subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. Go check it out at Shift.Health. It's 26 podcasts and video series about shifting the way the healthcare is experienced. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap. 